Homily 24 of Homilies on Ephesians by St. John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 24, Ephesians 6, 14-17 Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, withal taking up the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Having girded your loins, saith he, with truth. What can be the meaning of this? I have stated in the preceding discourse that he ought to be lightly accoutred, in order that there should be no impediment whatever to his running and having on he continues the breastplate of righteousness as the breastplate is impenetrable so also is righteousness and by righteousness here he means a life of universal virtue such a life no one shall ever be able to overthrow it is true many wound him but no one cuts through him no not the devil himself it is as though one were to say having righteous deeds fixed in the breast. Of these it is that Christ saith, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Thus is he firm and strong like a breastplate. Such a man will never be put out of temper. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It is more uncertain in what sense this was said, what then is its meaning they are noble griefs doubtless with which he invests us either then he means this that we should be prepared for the gospel and should make use of our feet for this and should prepare and make ready its way before it or if not this at least that we ourselves should be prepared for our departure the preparation then of the gospel of peace is nothing else than a most virtuous life according to what the prophet saith thou wilt prepare their heart thou wilt cause thine ear to hear of the gospel he says of peace and with reason for inasmuch as he had made mention of warfare and fighting he shows us that this conflict with the evil spirits we must needs have for the gospel is the gospel of peace this war which we have against them puts an end to another war that namely which is between us and god if we are at war with the devil we are at peace with god fear not therefore beloved it is a gospel that is a word of good news already is the victory won withal taking up the shield of faith by faith in this place he means not knowledge for that he never would have ranged last but that gift by which miracles are wrought and with reason does he term this faith a shield for as the shield is put before the whole body as if it were a sort of rampart so just is this faith for all things yield to it wherewith ye shall be able saith he to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one for this shield nothing shall be able to resist for hearken to what christ saith to his disciples 
if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed ye shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove but how are we to have this faith when we have rightly performed all those duties by the darts of the evil one he means both temptations and vile desires and fiery he says for such is the character of these desires yet if faith can command the evil spirits much more can it also the passions of the soul and take the helmet he continues of salvation that is of your salvation for he is casing them in armour and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god he either means the spirit or else the spiritual sword for by this all things are severed by this all things are cleft asunder by this we cut off even the serpent's head verses eighteen nineteen and twenty with all prayer and supplication saith he praying at all seasons in the spirit and watching thereunto in all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and on my behalf that utterance may be given unto me in opening my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in chains that in it i may speak boldly as i ought to speak as the word of god has power to do all things so also has he who has the spiritual gift for the word of god saith he is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword now mark the wisdom of this blessed apostle he hath armed them with all security what then is necessary after that to call upon the king that he may stretch forth his hand with all prayer and supplication praying at all seasons in the spirit for it is possible to pray not in the spirit when one uses vain repetitions and watching thereunto he adds that is keeping sober for such ought the armed warrior he that stands at the king's side to be wakeful and temperate in all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and on my behalf that utterance may be given unto me in opening my mouth what sayest thou blessed paul hast thou then need of thy disciples and well does he say in opening my mouth he did not then study what he used to say but according to what christ said when they deliver you up be not anxious how or what ye shall speak for it shall be given you in that hour what ye shall speak so truly did he do everything by faith everything by grace with boldness he proceeds to make known the mystery of the gospel that is that i may answer for myself in its defence as i ought and art thou bound in thy chain and still needest the aid of others yea saith he for so was peter also bound in his chain and yet nevertheless was prayer made earnestly for him for which i am an ambassador in chains that in it i may speak boldly as i ought to speak that is that i may answer with confidence with courage with great prudence verse twenty one 
but that ye also may know my affairs how i do tychicus the beloved brother and faithful minister in the lord shall make known to you all things as soon as he had mentioned his chains he leaves something for tychicus also to relate of them of his own accord for whatever topics there were of doctrine and of exhortation all these he explained by his letter but what were matters of bare recital these he entrusted to the bearer of the letter that ye may know my affairs that is may be informed of them this manifest both the love which he entertained towards them and their love towards him verse twenty two whom i have sent unto you saith he for this very purpose that ye may know our state and that he may comfort your hearts this language he employs not without a purpose but in consequence of what he had been saying previously having girded your loins having on the breastplate etc which are a token of a constant and unceasing advance for hear what the prophet saith let it be unto him as the raiment wherewith he covereth himself and for the girdle wherewith he is girded continually and the prophet isaiah again saith that god hath put on righteousness as a breastplate by these expressions instructing us that these are things which we must have not for a short time only but continually inasmuch as there is continual need of warfare for it is said the righteous are bold as a lion for he that is armed with such a breastplate it cannot be that he should fear the array that is against him but he will leap into the midst of the enemy and again isaiah saith how beautiful are the feet of them that bringeth good tidings who would not run who would not serve in such a cause to publish the good tidings of peace peace between god and man peace where men have toiled not but where god hath wrought all but what is the preparation of the gospel let us hearken to what john saith make ye ready the way of the lord make his paths straight but again there is need also of another preparation after baptism so that we may do nothing unworthy of peace and then since the feet are usually a token of the way of life hence he is constantly exhorting in this language look therefore carefully how ye walk on this account he would say let us exhibit a practice and example worthy of the gospel that is make our life and conduct pure the good tidings of peace have been proclaimed to you give to these good tidings a ready way since if ye again become enemies there is no more preparation of peace be ready be not backward to embrace this peace as ye were ready and disposed for peace and faith so also continue the shield is that which first receives the assaults of the adversary and preserves the armour uninjured so long then as faith be right and the life be right the armour remains uninjured he discourses however much concerning faith but most especially in writing to the hebrews as he does also concerning hope believe saith he in the good things to come and none of this armour shall be injured in dangers in toils 
by holding out thy hope and thy faith to protect thee thou wilt preserve thy armour uninjured he that cometh to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that seek after him faith is a shield but wherever there are quibbles and reasonings and scrutinizings then is it no longer a shield but it impedes us let this our faith be such as shall cover and screen the whole frame let it not then be scanty so as to leave the feet or any other part exposed but let the shield be commensurate with the whole body fiery darts for many doubtful reasonings there are which set the soul as it were on fire many difficulties many perplexities but all of them faith sets entirely at rest many things does the devil dart in to inflame our soul and bring us into uncertainty as for example when some persons say is there then a resurrection is there a judgment is there a retribution but is there faith the apostle would say thou shalt with it quench the darts of the devil has any base lust assaulted thee hold before thee thy faith in the good things to come and it will not even show itself yea it will perish all the darts not some quenched and others not hearken to what paul saith for i reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed to usward seest thou how many darts the righteous quenched in those days seemeth it not to thee to be fiery darts when the patriarch burned with inward fire as he was offering up his son yea and other righteous men also have quenched all his darts whether then they be reasonings that assault us let us hold out this or whether they be base desires let us use this or whether again labours and distresses upon this let us repose of all the other armour this is the safeguard if we have not this they will be quickly pierced through withal saith he taking up the shield of faith what is the meaning of withal it means both in truth and in righteousness and in the preparation of the gospel that is to say all these have need of the aid of faith and therefore he adds further and take the helmet of salvation that is to say finally by this shall ye be able to be in security to receive the helmet of salvation is to escape the peril for as the helmet covers the head perfectly in every part and suffers it not to sustain any injury but preserves it so also does faith supply alike the place of a shield and of a helmet to preserve us for if we quench his darts quickly shall we receive also those saving thoughts that suffer not our governing principle to sustain any harm for if these the thoughts that are adverse to our salvation are quenched those which are not so but which contribute to our salvation and inspire us with good hopes will be generated within us and will rest upon our governing principle as a helmet does upon the head and not only this but we shall take also the sword of the spirit and thus not only ward off his missiles but smite the devil himself 
for a soul that does not despair of herself and is proof against those fiery darts will stand with all intrepidity to face the enemy and will cleave open his breastplate with this very sword with which paul also burst through it and brought into captivity his devices he will cut off and behead the serpent which is the word of god by the word of god in this place he means on the one hand the ordinance of god or the word of command or on the other that it is in the name of christ for if we keep his commandments by these we shall kill and slay the dragon himself the crooked serpent and as he said ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the evil one that he might not puff them up he shows them that above all things they stand in need of god for what does he say with all prayer and supplication he says these things shall be done and ye shall accomplish all by praying but when thou drawest near never ask for thyself only thus shalt thou have god favourable to thee with all prayer and supplication praying at all seasons in the spirit and watching thereunto in all perseverance for all the saints limit it not i say to certain times of the day for hear what he is saying approach at all times pray saith he without ceasing hast thou never heard of that widow how by her importunity she prevailed hast thou never heard of that friend who at midnight shamed his friend into yielding by his perseverance hast thou not heard of the syrophoenician woman how by the constancy of her entreaty she called forth the lord's compassion these all of them gained their object by their importunity praying at all seasons saith he in the spirit that is to say let us seek for the things which are according to god nothing of this world nothing pertaining to this life therefore is there need not only that we pray without ceasing but also that we should do so watching and watching he saith thereunto whether he is here speaking of vigils or of the wakefulness of the soul i admit both meanings seest thou how that canaanitish woman watched unto prayer and though the lord gave her no answer nay even shook her off and called her a dog she said yea lord for even the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table and desisted not until she obtained her request how too did that widow cry and persist so long until she was able to shame into yielding that ruler that neither feared god nor regarded man and how again did the friend persist remaining before the door in the dead of night till he shamed the other into yielding by his importunity and made him arise this is to be watchful wouldst thou understand what watchfulness in prayer is go to hannah hearken to her very words adonai eloise nay rather hear what preceded those words they all rose up says the history from the table and she forthwith did not betake herself to sleep nor to repose 
whence she appears to me even when she was sitting at the table to have partaken lightly and not to have been made heavy with viands otherwise never could she have shed so many tears for if we when we are fasting and foodless hardly pray thus or rather never pray thus much more would not she ever have prayed thus after a meal unless even at the meal she had been as they that eat not let us be ashamed us that are men at the example of this woman let us be ashamed that are suing and gasping for a kingdom at her praying and weeping for a little child and she stood it says before the lord and what are her words adonai lord eloi savaoth and this is being interpreted o lord the god of hosts her tears went before her tongue by these she hoped to prevail with god to bend to her request where tears are there is always affliction also where affliction is there is great wisdom and heedfulness if thou wilt indeed she continues look on the affliction of thine handmaid and will give unto thy handmaid a man-child then will i give him unto the lord all the days of his life she said not for one year or for two as we do nor said she if thou wilt give me a child i will give thee money but i give back to thee the very gift itself entire my first-born the son of my prayer truly here was a daughter of abraham he gave when it was demanded of him she offers even before it is demanded but observe even after this her deep reverence only her lips moved but her voice it saith was not heard and thus does he who would gain his request draw nigh unto god not consulting his ease nor gaping nor lounging nor scratching his head nor with utter listlessness what was not god able to grant even without any prayer at all what did he not know the woman's desire even before she asked and yet had he granted it before she asked then the woman's earnestness would not have been shown her virtue would not have been made manifest she would not have gained so great a reward so that the delay is not the result of envy or of witchcraft but of providential kindness when therefore ye hear the scripture singing that the lord had shut up her womb and that her rival provoked her sore consider that it is his intention to prove the woman's seriousness for mark she had a husband devoted to her for he said am i not better to thee than ten sons and her rival it saith provoked her sore that is reproached her insulted over her and yet did she never once retaliate nor utter imprecation against her nor say avenge me for my rival reviles me the other had children but this woman had her husband's love to make amends with this at least he even consoled her saying am not i better to thee than ten sons but let us look again at the deep wisdom of this woman and eli it says thought she had been drunken 
yet observe what she says to him also nay count not thine handmaiden for a daughter of belial for out of the abundance of my complaint and my provocation have i spoken hitherto here is truly the proof of a contrite heart when we are not angry with those that revile us when we are not indignant against them when we reply but in self-defence nothing renders the heart so wise as affliction nothing is there so sweet as godly mourning out of the abundance saith she of my complaint and my provocation have i spoken hitherto her let us imitate one and all hearken ye that are barren hearken ye that desire children hearken both husbands and wives yes for husbands too used oftentimes to contribute their part for hear what the scripture saith and isaac entreated the lord for rebekah his wife because she was barren for prayer is able to accomplish great things with all prayer and supplication saith he for all the saints and for me placing himself last what doest thou o blessed paul in thus placing thyself last yea saith he that utterance may be given unto me in opening my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in chains and where art thou an ambassador to mankind saith he oh amazing loving kindness of god he sent from heaven in his own name ambassadors for peace and lo men took them and bound them and reverenced not so much as the law of nations that an ambassador never suffers any hurt but however i am an ambassador in bonds the chain lies like a bridle upon me restraining my boldness but your prayer shall open my mouth in order that i may speak all things i was sent to speak but that ye may also know my affairs how i do tychicus the beloved brother and faithful minister in the lord shall make known to you all things if faithful he will tell no falsehood he will in everything speak the truth whom i have sent unto you for this very purpose that ye might know our state and that he may comfort your hearts amazing transcendent affection that it may not be in the power he means of them that would to affright you for it is probable that they were in tribulation for the expression may comfort your hearts intimates as much that is may not suffer you to sink under it verse twenty three peace be to the brethren and love with faith from god the father and the lord jesus christ he invokes upon them peace and love with faith he saith well for he would not that they should have regard to love by itself and mingle themselves with those of a different faith either he means this or that above described namely that they should have faith also so as to have a cheerful confidence of the good things to come the peace which is towards god and the love and if there be peace there will also be love if love there will be peace also with faith because without faith love amounts to nothing 
or rather love could not exist at all without it verse twenty four grace be with all them that love our lord jesus christ in uncorruptness why does he separate the two here placing peace by itself and grace by itself in uncorruptness he concludes what is this in uncorruptness it either means in purity or else for the sake of those things which are incorruptible as for example not in riches nor in glory but in those treasures which are incorruptible the in means through through uncorruptness that is through virtue because all sin is corruption and in the same way as we say a virgin is corrupted so also do we speak of the soul hence paul says lest by any means your minds should be corrupted and again elsewhere he says in doctrine showing uncorruptness for what tell me is corruption of the body is it not the dissolution of the whole frame and of its union this then is what takes place also in the soul when sin enters the beauty of the soul is temperance and righteousness the health of the soul is courage and prudence for the base man is hideous in our eyes so is the covetous so is the man who gives himself up to evil practices and so the coward and unmanly man is sick and the foolish man is out of health now that sin works corruption is evident from this that they render men base and weak and cause them to be sick and diseased nay and when we say that a virgin is corrupted we say so strictly speaking on this account also not only because the body is defiled but because of the transgression for the mere act is natural and if in that consisted the corruption then were marriage corruption hence it is not the act that is corruption but the sin for it dishonours and puts her to shame and again what would be corruption in the case of a house its dissolution and so universally corruption is a change which takes place for the worse a change into another state to the utter extinction of the former one for hear what the scripture saith all flesh had corrupted his way and again in intolerable corruption and again men corrupted in mind our body is corruptible but our soul is incorruptible oh then let us not make that corruptible also this the corruption of the body was the work of former sin but sin which is after the laver has the power also to render the soul corruptible and to make it an easy prey to the worm that dieth not for never had that worm touched it had it not found the soul corruptible the worm touches not adamant and even if he touches it he can do it no harm oh then corrupt not the soul for that which is corrupted is full of foul stench for hearken to the prophet who saith my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness however this corruption of the body shall put on incorruption but the other of the soul never for where incorruption is 
there is no corruption thus is it a corruption which is incorruptible which hath no end a deathless death which would have been had the body remained deathless now if we shall depart into the next world having not corruption we have that corruption incorruptible and endless for to be ever burning and not burnt up ever wasted by the worm is corruption incorruptible like as was the case with the blessed job he was corrupted and died not and that through a lengthened period and wasted continually scraping the clods of dust from his sore some such torment as this shall it undergo when the worms surround and devour it not for two years nor for three nor for ten nor for ten thousand but for years without end for their worm saith he dieth not moral let us take the alarm then i entreat you let us dread the words that we meet not with the realities covetousness is corruption corruption more dangerous than any other and leading on to idolatry let us shun the corruption let us choose the incorruption hast thou in covetousness overreached and defrauded some one the fruits of thy covetousness perish but the covetousness remains a corruption which is the foundation of incorruptible corruption the enjoyment indeed passes away but the sin remains imperishable a fearful evil is it for us not to strip ourselves of everything in this present world a great calamity to depart into the next with loads of sins about us for in sheol it is said who shall give thee thanks there is the place of judgment then is there no longer season for repentance how many things did the rich man bewail then and yet it availed him nothing how many things did they say who had neglected to feed christ yet were they led away notwithstanding into the everlasting fire how many things had they then to say that had wrought iniquity lord did we not prophesy by thy name and by thy name cast out devils and yet notwithstanding they were not owned all these things therefore will take place then but it will be of no avail if they be not done now let us fear then lest ever we should have to say then lord when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee not let us feed him now not one day nor two nor three days for let not mercy and truth saith the wise man forsake thee he saith not do it once nor twice the virgins we know had oil but not enough to last out and thus we need much oil and thus should we be like a green olive tree in the house of the lord let us reflect then how many burdens of sins each of us has about him and let us make our acts of mercy counterbalance them nay rather far exceed them that not only the sins may be quenched but that the acts of righteousness may be also accounted unto us for righteousness for if the good deeds be not so many in number as to put aside the crimes laid against us 
and out of the remainder to be counted unto us for righteousness then shall no one rescue us from that punishment from which god grant that we may be all delivered through the grace and loving-kindness of our lord jesus christ with whom to the father etc end of homily twenty four end of homilies on ephesians by st john chrysostom